It has been surmised that the YouTube playback problem is related to videos over 60 minutes. Being under an hour, last week's played exactly as it should have. So, riddle me this, Tube Man. There have been a bunch of previous episodes over 60 minutes. No issues. Whether an hour and three minutes or an hour and 37 minutes. Hmm? Let's see what happens with today's. If the problem continues with no resolution or response from the goobs in charge of the tubes, I will have to break up these longer episodes into two parts. Okay, let me climb down off my soapbox. We have another Norm Nathan Show dumb birthday game Norm Nathan Show from September 21st and 22nd, 1996. Title of this one, Cruising the Radio Waves. Tom Howie was producing. We begin with a couple of jokes from a caller, Bruce. Then skip to Norm talking to Linda about sports talk shows, negativity, and talking like an ass. Now on to caller Elizabeth, whom Norm hasn't spoken with in a long time. She was former WBZ producer Eddie LeClaire's fiance. We learn that's not the only thing that can be referred to as former. There's a caller asking, I believe, about Norm's recent trip to Bermuda. His daughters Sonia and Sarah also come up in the conversation, along with glaucoma and a renowned eye doctor. Moving on to Norm talking about the wacky National Day Off stuff, such as Dear Diary Day, Ice Cream Cone Birthday Day, Long Count Day, National National Centenarians Day, National Good Neighbor Day, and more. It's time for the dumb birthday game. Members of the panel, Jim in Michigan, and back from her previous conversation with Norm, Elizabeth from Alston, Michael in Jamaica Plain, Michelle and Todd from Salem, Mass. And Shayna in Traffic. Eh, eh, maybe not. The Birthdays. Tommy Lasorda, Shari Belafonte, Debbie Boone, Joan Jett. And that ends side A and continues on side B. And then it's Scott Bayo and Bob Lemon. There's some weird noises and other discussions before we get to a date and history question. When did Fiddler on the Roof open on Broadway? A ton of fun is had during the game with impressions, great talk about Jack Benny, and skit recreations. Jim in Michigan was using the GE Super Radio 3 and picking up WBZ nicely. I still have mine. If you don't plug it in, then that sucker's going to take 6D batteries. Elizabeth and Norm talked for a while longer after the game. She had spoken to Ed before she played and relates his thoughts to Norm. Norm mentions that he hosted... A Child's Guide to Instruments of the Orchestra. It was one of the greatest thrills of his life. Norm then breaks for the news. He announces what he's going to do, but does it quietly because, you know, other stations steal our ideas. He gives out the phone number, even though he is just sick and tired of seeing it scrawled on bathroom walls. We come back with the caller, Don, complaining about a WBZ promo and a Beatles song. Joan Jett was a guest star on the Highlander TV show? Sheena Easton, too? There was a concern that the classical audience is getting older and older, but that fear is put aside with a call from Robin and Lynn. She and her eight-year-old love classical music and would be going to the symphony. Norm then expounds on the virtues of musical tastes, including mine. Shirley in Michigan was so happy that Norm was back from his trip. Next is Ron, who praises Elizabeth and her call. Then Beatrice in West Roxbury, one of the sweetest-sounding ladies. Happy to have Norm back from his trip, too. There's talk about Arthur Fiedler, and she also tells a story at being at Symphony Hall, and everyone was waiting for Fiedler to arrive. He was late because he had helped fight the fire at the Vendome here in Boston. He was an honorary firefighter, and he took that very seriously. 
Our last caller was Jim, who was also in Bermuda, but on a different cruise. They talk about the high cost of living on that island. And we end with a classic tagline from Norm. Episode 105, Cruising the Radio Waves, Set Sail to Your Ear Canals, Now. Hey, uh, this is a lawyer joke. What's the difference between seeing a dead skunk in the middle of the road and a dead lawyer in the middle of the road? I don't know. Is it going to be something horrible like we'll no, drive, no, we drive no, around no. the skunk, we drive around the skunk or something? No, there's usually skid marks in front of the uh, skunk. <laughs> uh, lawyers must be sick to death of these. Uh, these there's been a whole rash of these lawyers' jokes. They love them. They love them. You, the lawyers love them. You, you think? Have you well, talked to a lot of lawyers? Is, uh, the other one is uh, the guy dies and goes to heaven, and uh, Saint Peter is. <clears throat> reviewing his uh, uh, past. He says, don't worry about it. It's really not a problem. I'm just, I just want to make sure that, you know, everything's copacetic. And uh, the guy looks and he sees this person walk by with, in a, he's got this, he's got the white sun and he's got a stethoscope around his neck, but he's got a glow about him. And he says to St. Peter, who's that? And he says, that's God. He likes to play doctor. <laughs> now, you know that, I liked. I thought that was an awfully, uh, you see, good joke. I don't have any more. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep playing the dumb birthday game. Uh, you know, I, I call about every three months. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I'm gonna keep uh, playing it until I win. And you will win because you have determination. You're the kind of person with fortitude. No, that's not that what I I'm respect. Win. No, no. The reason I'm gonna win is because I expect to live to be 99. Oh, I see. Well, you may be, you, you're going to outlive me, so don't count on that. Anyway, thank you, Bruce. Okay. Good to talk to you. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. Bye-bye now. Talk shows, not only politically oriented talk shows or issue oriented, but also uh, sports talk shows, too. I mean, people scream at each other about, he should have done that. He's putting him on the outfield and making him a DH. I, you know, and they scream and yell, and you think, Come on, back off. You know, especially when you're talking sports, that's supposed to be fun and a recreational kind of thing for us. But so that's the idea. So we're reacting toward that and just being silly. And sometimes I get so silly that I do act somewhat like an ass. So, but, I, but I try to steer away from that part too. Because you can really get sucked into that negativity. And I, but I, uh, you know, something different is, is good to hear. So I appreciate that. I'm glad you found us, Linda, and I hope you'll call again. I really appreciate talking with you. You sound fascinating. All right, thank you. Thank you. You too. Take care of yourself. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Oh, uh, is fiancé, is that too strong a word? Uh, well, um... Because I haven't talked with you in such a long time. I, I know, I know, and uh, I I wanted to be sure and um, and call. I... First of all, I wanted to say hello to everyone who let, had. Let, uh, let me just let me just set the scene. Ed Leclerc worked here as a producer at WBZ a while back and went out to the West Coast. Now, have you seen him since he's been out there? Well, he went to Atlanta actually. Atlanta. What, it, what, it, made, what Atlanta. made me say the West Coast? Well, he's from the West Coast originally, oh, so okay. maybe somehow you were thinking about that, but. Uh, no, he, he went to Atlanta. He wanted to be uh, there for the Olympics, and he was hoping to get a job at CNN. 
And uh, a little bit of good news is that uh, he did work for a short time as a, you know, part-time temporary worker there. He got in right away, and uh, he did so extremely well that uh, as soon as they had an opening, he was one of two people that was hired full-time. So uh, he was just, he just recently joined them full-time. I think August 5th or something like that was his first official day as working full-time for CNN Radio. So he's been working for CNN Radio, basically doing um, behind-the-scenes stuff, production work, editing, um, uh, sometimes uh, interviews. He'll, he'll make phone calls to areas where there might be a problem or a crisis or whatever, and he'll talk to the chief of police or... Uh, the fire department, or try to talk to witnesses. Um, I think the most exciting thing he had done was uh, uh, he had an interview with uh, Jesse Jackson. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, Jesse's uh, office called CNN and wanted to know if they would like to talk with him. He wasn't ready at the time, but he'd be calling in later. And uh, apparently when... Jesse Jackson's office called, and Jesse was uh, was on the phone. No one else was around. They were supposed to have actually come up with some questions to ask him, so that yeah. you know Eddie would have something to work with. And uh, and Eddie told me that uh, you know there were no questions. There was there was nothing prepared. So Eddie had to kind of uh, be very creative and very provocative and think up you know some interesting things to say and. Uh, it was right around the time that the big welfare welfare reform bill was passed. So. Oh yeah, not, not too many weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So uh, well. So anyway, that was uh, Eddie was all excited. Oh, that's really that. great. Yeah, but that's yeah. how that's that's how you rise to success by being in the right place at the right time, the which right he was, time. and uh, and just if you know trying to pull through in a in a very emergency kind of situation obviously sounds like he did very well well and as a matter of fact it was a very dramatic moment he and i were actually just talking on the telephone when uh he got another call from cnn uh when the uh when the when flight 800 went down they we were among the first to know uh he got back on the phone with me and said oh my gosh cnn just called i have to i have to go right in I have to, you know, go back. He had actually worked a full shift, but they asked him to come back in, and uh, so he did. And oh, that's a, he must find that the job very, very exciting. I didn't realize that uh, CNN, because a lot of people watch it on television, I didn't realize it was on, they had a radio uh, set up also. Well, I guess, I, I guess they do, it, it sounds like what they do, I, I don't know if they actually broadcast, uh, they may broadcast specific radio right in Atlanta, but apparently there's syndicated parts of the broadcast that are then go out to other stations around the country. So, uh, you know, for instance, I think BZ will get some news from ABC News and, you know, that type of thing. So the various stations all around the country might take some part of their news directly from CNN. So I think that's the way that it, it tends to work. Well, now, when do you guys get together now? Do you, do you see him at all? Well, this this was, I knew this was going to be the difficult part of the phone call. Uh, well, um, we had, 
we had been very closely in touch. Uh, he had been writing, and I had been writing, and we were on the, you know, we were talking. I would say every couple of days we were we were talking on the telephone, and uh, I'm most disappointed to say at this at this time that about three or four weeks ago uh, he called. I hadn't heard from him as usual as I, you know, we usually talked every few days, and uh, he called up and basically said, you know. Things have really changed since I'm here, and I just don't feel the same way. I've been kind of confused about things in general, and I just, I, you know, I feel like mm. maybe, you know, I should just, you know, go my way, and you should go your way, and I, I was just, I, I, I'm still pretty shaken up over it. I, I I'm really sorry because you're both such lovely people. I, I, you know, and you, you seem to fit together so well. Well, I, you know, between you and me, and of course everyone listening, and I'll, I'll ask also for, for lots of prayers. I've been, I've been doing a, a lot of praying myself. I, I don't know. I really think way deep down that we really are very well suited to each other. And I, what I'm hoping is just that at the moment he is just feeling a little bit confused and that eventually, um, you know, maybe with the passage of a little bit more time, um, maybe things will change once again and, and we'll, we will eventually wind up together. One of the problems I think also, I have to admit it, maybe a little bit my fault that I think when he first left and then for a while after he was gone, I was really struggling with the idea of trying to leave New England, which has been my home for many years, although I'm not from here originally. And, you know, thinking about going through all the many things I have, because I've been here so many years and leaving the snow behind and um, I, I have been working also at uh, the Boston Symphony, by the way. I was working at the ballet, if you may remember, and I'm now working at the symphony doing fundraising and subscription work there. And I have uh, been very fortunate to be in among a group of wonderful people, by the way, many of whom listen to talk radio, much to my surprise. Yeah, you think they listen just to... Uh classical music or something yeah yeah that's well that that's what that's what you would that's what you'd think and there's a few people and then of course if people found out that i you know i'd been with eddie we had actually we have actually one girl who is still at emerson she's uh, in her senior year and she had heard eddie's name because he used to uh do uh, uh he was i think a studio manager for the jazz program there at uh, at emerson when he was at emerson so she knew him and then of course one thing led to another, and everyone was asking me all about you and, you know, other various people. Had I met various people? What did they look oh, like? Oh, my goodness. It's kind of funny because we we look upon them as, you know, the intellectual part of the community and, and uh, you know, respect them a great deal for that. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun it's, to know that they ask about us every now and then. It's, yeah, right. Well, I, you know, so I guess, I guess uh, some people like to tune in when they're driving back, you know, when they're driving back and forth. And uh, other people just, uh, they go home and they just, you know, they like to listen to talk radio at night. I guess it's something different, but... Uh, but anyway, and also in reference to uh, Jim from Michigan there, we've got a group of people. I lived in Michigan for some period of time. We've got a group of people who also had 
spent some time in Michigan, and the manager of the group that I work for went to the University of Michigan, which, of course, is home of the Wolverines. So mm. we've actually been sort of talking here and there about football, which has been a lot of fun because I, being from Ohio originally and Michigan, I'm a big football person myself. So that's kind of been fun. But uh, but anyway, I, I back to the to the business with Eddie. I think... I think he was feeling a little bit like I maybe was never going to come or maybe I was having too hard of a time, uh, you know, making the decision. And I would have to say that this turn of events has really made me realize um, that, you know, there's as much as I love New England and I love the snow and I love working, there's nothing in the world like working for the BSO. I mean, what an institution that mm. is. Mm. And it's yeah. wonderful, but nothing is really worth not spending a lifetime with the person that you feel you really love. Oh, I, and, I know. Absolutely. I agree with you. There. I, and I feel really badly about that because you're a nice, you're a very, very nice person. And uh, I, I could just, you know, I could picture the kind of emotional feelings that you're having. And I hope, I hope things do work out well for you. As I mentioned, you're both very, very nice people. And, uh, you do go together very, very well. And I miss Ed. I, it, it seems like he's been gone for about a million years. Oh, oh, I, I, I know. Well, we, we are, it, it's very tentative and, and um, we, it's a little bit difficult. We, we, we are still at least talking a little bit here and there. It's been, as I say, it's been a little awkward, but um, I'll, I'll certainly, you know, let him know that, you know that that you you know you miss him. I, I think that will yeah. Mean and great. we've had, we've had calls from people also from time to time who have asked about him because they they remember him from when he was here. Uh huh. So if you would pass that along, and my very very best wishes to him, and and um, especially best wishes to you, Elizabeth. I oh. remember when you both were playing the dumb birthday game with us. I, it was kind of fun. I I, uh, I I enjoyed that a lot. Well, as a matter of fact, maybe as a, a little bit of broken heart mender, I, I did speak with the producer and asked if he had enough people for the birthday game. And he says, oh, gee, no, not actually. So if oh, okay. it's okay, I'll, I'll be playing the, the oh. dumb birthday oh, game. Oh, good. So we'll get a chance to talk to you again in a few minutes. And Tom, Tom has your number and all that oh, kind of yes. stuff. Oh, yeah, yes. Yes, okay. he does. Yes, okay. he does. But uh, anyway, I wanted to, you know, once again also say hello to everyone who had uh, called in and I know who had talked to Eddie in particular and also had, had been so kind uh, saying hello and expressing uh, care and concern for me as well. Um, you have a really wonderful audience and, uh, and every once in a while I, I tune in um, and, you know, and listen and um, I... Really felt I've actually been feeling for quite a while that I wanted to call and say hello. Well, I'm glad. I'm sorry it took you so long to do that, you devil. But I'm glad <laughs> you did finally call in, and uh, we'll be talking with you then, probably within the next uh, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you, Elizabeth. Okay. Thank you. Bye right, bye. Bye now. bye. Okay. The, uh, they were very nice people, Elizabeth and uh, and Ed, who who had worked here at uh, WBC as a producer. I'm glad he's doing well down there in Atlanta. It's uh, 2.48, almost 2.49. Uh, you, you didn't ask me to tell you what the time was, but I don't know. I just felt like telling you anyway. Uh, yeah. The boat uh, or the ship. Right. And uh, as, as soon as we got home, I felt, I really felt great. <laughs> I guess I'm one of those old poops. <laughs>
I know. I, no, no, no. I'd love to come home, and I love, I love it's to nice be at home. Nice to go, but better to come home. <laughs> yeah, I was quoting this, the the lyrics to the. Uh, Tell Frank me, you Sinatra always song. talk about Sarah. What's the name of your other daughter? Uh, Sonia is my oh, my oldest. Uh-huh, uh, she's uh-huh. the older of the two, and Sonia's oh, my S-S-S-S, younger one. S S Two S's. Yeah, Sonia and Sarah. We didn't do that purposely. They were they just named after their grandparents. Yeah, after and, the grandparents, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I wish my son would have done the same, but um, he didn't. He has daughters, but I wish he would have uh, named one of his daughters after my late husband. Now, what was your What was your husband's Max, name? Max, and there's a nice name, Maxine. Maxine, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Max is a nice name. I've I've gotten to a point where I think a lot of the old names that sound old-fashioned now, like I had my grandfather's name was Max. Yeah. And uh, nobody, nobody names has named kids their sons Max for a thousand years it seemed, and yet that's a good solid, you know, substantial kind of name. I think that's great. The name Sarah, like in my youngest, uh, has come back. I think in the in the street that we live on. And it's a road out in the country, and there aren't too many families there. At one point, there were something like four or five girls named Sarah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that. So you could tell, like, just that was a, that's kind of a big one. I guess you know, names have their have their moments where they're yeah. very popular, and Nowadays, then they die. Nowadays, I I meet so many people by the name of Ruth in former years. I didn't know anybody, but I guess they go through the cycle too. I wanted to ask you, did you happen to read in the Globe, it was in Middleton, that that young couple where the guy had that uh, liver problem and uh, uh, what was his name, Smith, and uh, the doctor gave up on him and uh, just, uh, unless they have, an, he has a new a liver transplant. I don't know that family. That's, that's somebody in Middleton? Yeah. I should know that, shouldn't it I? It was in the living pages, yeah. yeah. Well, yesterday, today, I didn't see it. Yesterday, the day before, and it may continue on Monday. I'll have to check that out. No, I, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. I don't get to see too many of the newspapers. I don't know why. I just, I'd gone through a stage where I'd spend the whole day reading newspapers. Then, then I got kind of tired of that and thought I'd like to do something else. So I, right. I miss a lot of stuff. I'm sorry I missed that because it may be a family that I know. I'll... Right. I can't read too much. I just had eye surgery. Well, I, you know, I get I, at one point I got about five or six newspapers a day, which was great bringing them, you know, to the uh, recycling plant down at the town landfill. And after a while, it just seemed like I, I I feel guilty if I don't read them when I get them. So I, I don't get too many. I you didn't hear what I said. I can't read too much. I just had eye surgery. Oh, what kind? Uh, what kind? Well, I have a cataract. And then I have something on both eyes, which is called iritis. It's an inflammation of the iris, which is the back of the pupil. Can that be corrected? Uh, well, they operated it. But on the other eye, I have glaucoma. And... Uh, you know, it's part of aging. Well, glaucoma you can keep under check. I have glaucoma too. I have take. I'm taking drops. Yeah, you you put three drops a day. Oh, I take more than that. Much more than that. Well, now. you have you have a whole a series of drops, and you have more than one kind of drop. Yeah, now. I take a pet forty and Voltaren, if that's familiar to you. Anyway, they did a good job. I wasn't at the, with my one eye, I was at the eye and ear infirmary. With the other eye, I was on 50 Stanford Street. Dr. Mm. Bradford, he's known all over, yeah, not only in, yeah. 
in Boston and New England, but all over. Yeah, because I'm told that there were drops on maybe uh, maybe laser or some kind of surgery, if you need be. Yeah. That uh, that glaucoma can be it can't be cured, but it can be arrested. It can at arrested, least keep it in right. shape. No, so. I don't need surgery for the glaucoma. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wish you the best. A while ago, I thought maybe by now I've reached that peak where I was actually good looking, and I have not. Ma- I have not made it. I just I miss it by that much. Almost good looking. I didn't know that. Happy Egyptian New Year. Uh, the autumnal equinox begins at 3:04 p.m. today, Eastern Standard Time, which means we go from uh, summer into to fall at the four minutes after three this afternoon. It's Dear Diary Day, to suggest that perhaps you may want to write stuff in your diary. Do you keep a diary? Red hot, isn't it, eh? And uh, Ice Cream Cone Birthday, Italo uh, Marchioni filed a patent application for the ice cream cone in 1903. This is pretty boring stuff, isn't it? I know, I know, kids. Uh, let's see, this is Long Count Day. It was on this day in 1927, September 22, 1927. The uh, Gene Tunney won the World Heavyweight Championship from Jack Dempsey, and there was some question about the long count by the uh, referee and all of that. National Black Colleges Week, Howard University, the first all-black university created on September 22, 1867 by an act of Congress. National Centenarians Day, uh, a day in which it was suggested that you honor those who you know who are over 100. We'll leave that up to, uh, to Willis, okay? National Dog Week, the Dogs on Stamps Study Unit promotes the relationship of dogs and people and the need for proper care and treatment of dogs, and I mean, it goes on forever. National Good Neighbor Day. Especially if you have an attractive neighbor that you want to throw your arms around, you can use that as an excuse. It's Proposal Day, the twelve, uh, the twice yearly holiday that encourages men and women to propose marriage to their true loves. Today, day and night are of equal length, symbolizing that although men and women are as different as day and night, they are equal. What kind of cuckoo pots come up with these kind of things? And what kind of cuckoo pot in here reads them? <laughs> Hi, speaking. Let's see, what else? Roller skating week, uh, week rather, celebrate roller skating during the last full week in September. That seems to have taken off even more than in the past. That I see more and more kids roller skating along the sidewalks and stuff. They still have roller skating rinks too, I suppose, don't they? It's You Light Up My Life Day, because this is the birthday of Debbie Boone. We'll, guess, we'll be guessing her age in just a bit. Who She sang the hit song, You Light Up My Life. So it's suggested by some kind of the cuckamamie group that uh, you light up somebody else's life, do something special for them. And uh, that's about the size of it. I, I could keep going on forever like this, but... I'm kind of I'm kind of dragged with the whole thing as well. Okay, let me introduce uh, members of the panel who will be playing the uh, dumb birthday game. We have, uh, of course, our friend Jim, who's out in Michigan. How you doing, Jim? Yeah, Norman. Well right. worth the wait. What's that? Oh, well worth the wait. Jack won't be joining us tonight, eh? Jack Hart? 
Oh, no, he's not. He's on vacation this week. Ah, what yeah. a shame. Well, he's, he's usually not on this night anyway. The only, he uh, his last reports usually are on Friday night and Saturday morning, so he's not here usually anyhow, but... Oh, good. I got a no. chance at winning then. <laughs> I guess, yeah. He's always pretty good at that. Um, the Peepers, did you, did you record them this year or play them? Oh, yeah, that's way back in March and in April, the end of uh, March and the beginning of April, though. So that's kind of a long way back. Can you but, believe it? Yeah. Uh, they still work. Oh, that's yours. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. Hold it up and, and play it again. <laughs> okay. That's good. It sounds good. Uh, the the battery seemed to hold up for a while. I don't know what you do when the battery wears down. Uh, that, it's such a weird battery in there. I took it apart. You're right. Uh uh, who knows? It's worth the effort, probably. Okay. And we go to our friend uh, uh, Elizabeth, who's out in Alston, who's, uh, uh, I don't quite know how to describe Ed now, but he's down in, uh, he, he worked here at WBZ as a producer, and he and Elizabeth were both on the show with us quite a lot for this kind of thing. May, may I introduce you to Jim Elizabeth? Hello there, Jim. Hello, Elizabeth. I'm sort of a fellow once upon a time Michigander. Yeah, well, you'd be really comfortable. There's a lot of Ohio people up here. Uh-huh. Well, no, I, I, I liked Michigan. I thought it was really beautiful country. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's ironic that the northern part is so beautiful, but, you know, there's not too much uh, way to eke out a living, you know? Oh, yeah, no, that's that's true. Of course, no, a, I'm sorry. Oh. No, we we got to get Norm over to uh, Mackinac Island. We got to get him up in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's well. I I was I was going to say I think uh, the Upper Peninsula is a place you want to go and you really really want to get away from it all and oh. just uh, you know be with nature and. All oh yeah, you know that uh, that gal Linda that was talking about uh, how dark it is in Alaska. Uh huh. Same thing up in uh, up in the UP. Uh -huh. Pitch black. I went up there for the meteor showers. Oh. The Perseus uh, meteor showers. Norm, you can join any time you want. No, I'm not, I'm not joining your conversation, though. I didn't, didn't figure oh. I had to join. No, I'm enjoying what you're saying. Okay, I'll go on. Yeah, I went up there for the Perseus meteor shower to, to a point up in the Keweenaw Peninsula. And to all the listeners, uh, that's the part that looks like the rabbit's ears uh, uh, in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Uh-huh. And the sky is just pitch black. No, uh -huh. no light pollution at all. And the Milky Way just, it, 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 you know... If the northern lights aren't kind of like, you know, coming down, you feel like they're just, you know, you know, I mean, above your, you know, above, above your head. You oh know? my! It's pitch black and you can see everything. Mm -hmm. Satellites know. going by, weather satellites. Uh, you know, maybe the BZ satellite going by. <laughs> okay, maybe I know that uh, uh, some people have sent me some of that great fudge from uh, Mackinac Island. Uh, which is, I guess, noted for that. Is that right? Oh, they, yeah. It's uh, matter of fact, the people that come up from around the Detroit area are, are known as fudgies. Is that right? And <laughs> they they probably they probably deserve the scorn of most of the people that live up there. You know, mm -hmm. like if you want to get from point A to point B uh, during the summer months, it's kind of tough because you have all the fudgies on the, on two lane highways. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I and see. You can tell the ones that know how to drive. I mean, they're the ones passing. Like four cars in a row going 90 miles an hour. You could say they, they're the natives. <laughs> Sound like Massachusetts drivers. Okay. Hold on a minute. Let me let me uh, let me check with some other people who'll be joining us. This is Michael, who's in Jamaica Plain. Hi, Michael. Yes. Hello. Hello. Nice to talk with you. Is this the first crack at uh, the number at the game for you? 
Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. Well, son of a gun, Michael, uh, uh, good luck to you. Well, and good luck to everybody else who's playing, too. I don't want to be partial about this. Thank you, Norm. I'm glad to have you with us. Well, it's nice to be with you. Okay, what are you doing up at this time of the morning? Uh, Well, I work a second shift uh, at one of the uh, local hospitals, and I usually uh, kind of dripped off slowly, and uh, I just thought I'd uh, take a stab at the game. Okay, I'm glad you did. We also have... uh... Uh, talking in one lineup in Salem, which is my part of the world, uh, Michelle and Todd. Hi, Michelle and Todd. Hey, how you doing? Hi, hi, Michelle. Hi, Todd. Well, um, he's he's setting up the uh, the tape. He's he's taping us. Oh, I see. You're going to keep this as a cherished keeps <laughs> a keepsake, a sake, or something forever and ever. Yeah, right. Is this is Todd your husband? Yes. Okay, that's good. So you you share this the uh, the same. Uh, the same phone in the same game. I think that's yeah, just do. a darn nice. Well, now, what are you guys doing up this late? Do you normally stay up this late? Well, uh, yeah, sometimes. Um, he plays in a band. And as a matter of fact, I spoke to you before. Um, I used to work at the uh, the Colonial on 128. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Right um, on the Linfield-Wakefield line. Yeah. What did you do there? I was a waitress. And where does where does your husband play? Oh geez, he's played at um, he plays at um, the Cafe Espadrille. Um, and what does he play? He he plays the drums. Yes, okay. I remember you mentioned that, the and skins, I arm the skins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, his skins. That's when he goes out and gigs with his skins, man. Hey, man. Yeah, I caught yeah, that. I caught that cool cat oh, play those skins. Man, yeah, man. Far. <laughs> I was going to say far out, but I have a feeling that far out isn't far out anymore. I don't think so. No, I think uh, these these hip expressions change about every other minute when you turn your back on them. Well, let's reconstitute it, Norm. Let's bring it back. Hey, man, yeah, hold on, man. Hold on, man. That's groovy. I play the uh, flugelhorn, you know, man. It looks like a trumpet with glandular problems. That's what I'm saying, baby. Do you hear what I'm saying, baby? God, we're so hip with... I'm a, I'm a, I'm like 1950 hip. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me see if we let me see if we can take make contact with Shana. We haven't done so well so far. Oh, dear. Uh, are you there, Shana? Mm-hmm. No. She, oh, she's not. She's not going to be joining us. Okay. Well, that's too bad. I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Let me see if I can. Uh... Oh, they have a problem over at the traffic headquarters. Oh, I see. Because we're having problems here that are not too sweet either. But anyway, let's let's try the uh, dumb birthday game. Won't that be fun, boys and girls? Oh, yeah. Hey, Norm, real quick. You know the guy that you have on that uh, that wrote the book about sneaking in the sporting event? Remember uh, him? I uh, say that again. The guy who did what? He has. He, he called. He, he's a frequent guest on your show. Uh, he sneaks in the sporting events. He was at the Oscars and the. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. I saw him on a Montel Williams show. And they really kind of bamboozled them. I mean, they... <laughs> did they what, did they, well, now, what, what, what did they do exactly? Well, uh, Dr. Ed Pearsall, who um, re- he, he's kind of noted, he's been on a lot of shows, kind of was blaming him for society's problems, not being honest. And oh. it, it, took him just by, it took him by surprise, mm-hmm. you know? I know, because his stuff is just it's kind of fun. Yeah. He, he, gets, he, gets, uh, he gets under the various disguises and various... He's a, he's a nice guy, and he means nobody harm. No, you know? he doesn't. He's a comic who decided 
he tried to get into to, to uh, concerts, rock concerts, music concerts of various sorts, and also into uh, sporting events without paying by looking like he belonged there or like he was selling hot dogs at one event or whatever they whatever whatever it, it takes. That's right. And he put out one book, and apparently he was he's been working on another one. His folks still live in this Boston area. They live up in Methuen, which is uh, I don't know about uh, 30, 35 miles north of Boston. And no, he just does it for fun. I can't imagine anybody taking it all that seriously. Norm, they ambushed him. It was like a Jenny Jones show. Well, I mean, you know, he really didn't know where where it was coming from, and I really didn't. Uh, I I really lost respect for uh, Dr. Pearsall when he when he viciously attacked uh, a young man. I mean, it was really kind of a low point, you know, even yeah. for TV, even for TV talk shows. We'll have to get in touch with him and see how he took it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay. I know uh, some people get very, very carried away with themselves. And, and it'd, it'd be a, it's kind of interesting you mentioned the Jenny Jones show. She looks like a Barbie doll, and she's, uh, uh, she, she can't be that naive. I mean, she has some of the worst people in the world. Next to Jerry Springer, who has a terrible show, although they're all mm. kind of modifying their approaches now. I think they've decided maybe they went a little too far before. Yeah, since that one incident, yeah. Yeah, Jenny Jones, if she wants to be a wrestler, she should... Uh, Sign up with the WWF Wrestling Foundation. Okay, you know. Hey, let's anyway. Let's see who was born today. Today was September twenty second. It's the birthday of Tommy Lasorda, who is the uh, baseball manager, of course, for the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers. Uh, he's the guy who used to sing on those ultra slim, uh, fast diet commercials no where he lost a lot of poundage. I haven't seen him lately. I don't know whether he's kept that off or not. He's he put also, a little bit back on. Oh, did he? He's also the spokesperson. It says here, and I hadn't seen this for Rolades. I don't know many baseball managers that are getting in on the uh, on this whole commercial thing and making extra money making commercials. But that's Tommy Lasorda. Uh, let me ask you, Michael. Is uh, Michelle rather? Is is uh, Todd Todd there now? Yes, he is. Hi, Todd. Oh well, he can't hear you right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how old you guys think that Tommy Lasorda is today. Um, 65. Okay, what do you think, uh, Jim? I'll say 64. Okay, and uh, Elizabeth? Uh, 67. All right, and uh, Michael? I'll go with 68. 68, you're all kind of hovering around the same age. <laughs> I think that's really just a darn nice... <laughs> and uh, okay, let's see the now. See, we don't have Tom Howie playing with us, and Shane is having her own problems over at the over at the uh, over, yeah over at the travel place. Uh, you took a bus home or what? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Anything that can go wrong seems to be going wrong this night. Oh well. Okay, what the heck? That's okay. Uh, and I called the cherry up, Norm. It sounded yeah, it sounded kind of. No, it's it's a little raggedy because again we're still getting adjusted to these new studios, and I say never mind getting adjusted. Let's go back to the old ones. Well, we never had these problems. It's oh. got to be the fumes. Get out of there, Norm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Tommy Lasorda is sixty nine, which means that uh, oh. Michael, who said sixty eight, was the closest. You were not bad, badly off. You're only a couple of years off, Elizabeth. Yeah, that's true. And everybody else was pretty close. How about the Sherry? Uh, Sherry Belafonte, of course, the uh, uh, daughter of Harry Belafonte. Sherry Belafonte appeared in TV's Hotel and uh, I suppose a whole lot of other stuff. Let me see what else I can find out about the, 
about it. This, I want this to be so terribly educational, and uh, I don't have... She shaved her head. Was that, she shaved her head? Uh-huh. Was that for some specific role? Uh, I don't believe so. Just felt like shaving her head. And she looks good with a shaved head. <laughs> she does? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't have much information beyond that except her age. And what do you think it is, uh, Michael? I'll, uh, gee, haven't seen her in a while. I'll say 43. 43. Okay. And Elizabeth, what do you think? Uh, I'll say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, 38. All right. And Jim? Uh, 43. Okay. Jim? In Michigan. Oh, that doesn't really rhyme, does it? I, I'm sorry, say that again. Did you say 48? 43. Well, I'm sorry, 43. Okay. And uh, the team of Michelle and Todd, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I'm going to say 41. 41. Are you, you guys natives of Salem? Yes. Well, I am. He's not. Uh, where's, he, where's he from? Well, um, he was born in Syracuse, and... Um, grew up in um, the Eastern Avon area. Oh, mm -hmm. Avon, Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, okay. One of them furriners. <laughs> One yeah. of them what? <laughs> One of them furriners. <laughs> yeah, not only from Syracuse, but Avon. <laughs> I didn't. I never knew anybody from Avon, Massachusetts. <laughs> Ding dong. It's always surprising when I head down south toward the Cape to come across Avon, and you want to say, you know. Avon calling, and the people who live there probably hear that bad joke all the time. Must be sick to death of it. Okay, Sherry Belafonte is actually forty-two, so we actually three out of uh, three out of four of you have won. Uh, the uh, like like uh, Michelle said forty-one, so she was a year off, and Jim and uh, Michael both said forty-three, which is a year off the other way. Mm -hmm. ah, so you're the only loser on that, Elizabeth, and I feel just oh, well. so bad. Well, and she's probably lying about her age. That's... Yeah, but, but uh, we don't look upon you as a loser at all. We look upon you as somebody oh. very special. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, okay, how about uh, Debbie Boone? Today is her birthday. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, happy, happy Yom Kippur in Rosh Hashanah, Norm. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Are you wishing that to me or Debbie Boone? You! Okay, thank you very much. Her biggest hit, of course, was You Light Up My Light, Life, which I'll tell you the year she recorded that, so that might help you. Oh, uh, I forgot that. Uh, can you can you hum that song, Norm? No. <laughs> okay. not, not, not in a million years. Checks in, check in the mail, Norm. Okay. okay, 1977 is when she made that. So that's almost 20 years ago, 19 years ago. Her parents, of course, are Pat and Shirley Boone. And her grandfather was Red Foley, the uh, country and western performer. And she's married to Gabriel Ferrer. I don't know that, whether that's in relation to any of the other Ferrers that you would know about. They have four children. And that's a Debbie Boone. <clears throat> Let's start with you, Jim. What do you think? How old is Debbie Boone? Well, that song haunted my junior high days. Uh, I kind of blame it for how I turned out. <laughs> the clock radio was always set, and that song was... On the on the radio every morning. Hmm. That and a Nivea commercial. And what commercial? Nivea. Nivea. Nivea skin cream. It, it's kind of like the uh, oh, uh, what is it? O Ovaltine commercials that you you play. Oh, oh, oh my 
they just play them constantly. Oh, me. dear. Oh, it's, it's ingrained in my brain, unfortunately, forever. <laughs> I can't drink it out or anything. Oh, dear. Debbie Boone, I believe, is 41. Debbie Boone, I believe, is 41, that says Big Jim. And what, is, what does uh, Michael say? Uh, I'll go with 43. Okay. How about you, Elizabeth? I'm going to slide right in there and say 42. Okay. What would you say, uh, Michelle? Well, um, Todd's telling me to say 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something, and I hope it stirs up a great argument. That oh, can God. Be, it can be heard throughout Salem all the way to Beverly. <laughs> 38 states. Yeah, that one. I mean, not to mention all those other states too. No, he's actually a, a, a Debbie Boone's actually forty. Oh, oh. forty years old today. You know, I was going to guess forty. Oh, everybody always says that. No, I was going to guess that. Oh, sure. Well, then why didn't you, for God's sake? So the closest would be would be uh, you, Jim. You said forty-one. All right. And nobody oh. nobody said thirty-nine. So, I thought so, of 39. Yeah. Mr. Benny? Mr. Benny? Oh, I'll take, yes. I'll, I'll take that, even though I'm not proud of, that I know Debbie Boone's age within a year. Speaking of Jack Benny there, I, I just finished a book by him called Sunday, it's called Sunday Night at 7. Actually, his daughter Joan put it all together, and she was going to write a book or something. And I guess she was just looking throughout the house and found a manuscript that her father, Jack Benny, had written. Uh, apparently, you know, was was in the market for writing a book, but never did finish it. So she finished it, and it came out in 1990. I guess it's been out for a while, and I've had the book at at home, and I just have never gotten to reading it. But I did. I've read it on the cruise. Is that bad to go on a cruise and then re sit in your stateroom and read? Not at all. Okay, yeah. so it was kind of fun. That, that man has to be the most beloved entertainer of all time. Oh, he. I, I think he's he's with me. I. I I, when I heard he died back in 1970, I think it was 74, I, I remember driving into a radio station early in the morning, about 3 a.m., and I heard the news, and I, I began to cry, and I thought, I don't even know this man. I never met him. Why am I doing this? But you kind of felt like you knew him. The book was interesting. He had one skit that he did with Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc was a, was a uh, Mexican. Bugs Bunny. Well, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Mel Blanc has done a lot of voices. But on this one, he was a, he was a me Mexican, and you remember, I don't know if you remember the hey, bit what what hey. uh, you you know what Jim? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Oh, uh, sir, what what is your name? Sai. Sai. Uh You have a sister, I understand. Say. And say your your sister. What is her name? Rosa. Oh, will you stop? <laughs> no, her name is Sue. Sue. Okay. <laughs> I need you, someone prodding me, right? Yeah. Your your sister's name is Sue. Say. And uh, what does she do? So. So okay. So. Say. Okay. <laughs> now later on, he did another skit, in which he invited on the show. He he was gonna. It was a it was a skit about he's gonna have. Uh, uh, the uh, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass on, but he found out they were too expensive, and he <laughs> found out that his Mexican friend had a group called the Tijuana Strings. So he was going to have them on because they were much cheaper. <laughs> so they carried on this conversation, and I hope you can go along with this, Jim. I, I know you, you'll be able to follow it, even though maybe you're not familiar with it. 
he would say to him, oh, uh, is it Cy your name? See? Uh, you have a group called the Tijuana Strings. See? Wait, let me and, do it over again. And, uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing too great myself, but that's okay. See? Uh, they, See? The, the, it's called, it is called the Tijuana Strings. See? See? Very, very close to the Tijuana Brass, isn't it, uh, the name? See? Okay, now, I understand that uh, Herb Alpert is not, you know, too happy with you using a name that close. Have you heard that? See? What do you think, when if you use that name continually, <laughs> especially, what do you think Herb Alpert is going to do? Oh, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's cute. My mother loved to, uh, Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass. Oh, I don't care about that. I don't, I don't either. You're right. I, I don't know why you brought that up. Just I'm, be quiet. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, let's see. Have we, we decided that uh, Jim came the closest to Debbie Boone's birthday. Oh, we've gone way past that, haven't we? Yes. Hey. I, I forgot okay. what we were here for. <laughs> I don't remember what we were here for already. I, I was enjoying, I was enjoying that whole little. That, that was really yeah. wonderful. I like that. Okay, let's take it to Vegas, Norm. Okay, Joan, Joan Jet. Uh, today is Joan Jet's birthday. Let's see if I have anything about Joan Jet here. Yes, singer, guitar. She's from Philadelphia. Formed her own band, The Black Hearts, in 1980. Her biggest hit, I Love Rock and Roll. Uh, do you love rock and roll, Cy? See? Okay. She starred in the film Light of Day as leader of the rock band called the Barbusters. With Michael J. Fox with that uh, new series, uh, uh, City, what is it, Spin? Spin City? Spin City, I believe that's true. That's right, and her co-star was the Barbusters. I mean, her co-star was uh, was Michael J. Fox. Okay, that's Joan Jett. Is that a real name? I guess it is. I think that is really a real name. Uh, let's see, um, Mike, um, uh, you, uh, Michelle. What do you? How old do you think Joan Jett is? Um, I'm going to guess forty-two. 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 Okay. <laughs> and uh, Jim, what do you think? Let's see. I'll take Jack's place here. In 1981, I saw her opening up for a group, the police. She got booed. Oh, my. Ooh. I'll oh. say she was 20. She didn't deserve it. I mean, but, you know, rock crowds can be rowdy. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. 1981, I think she was probably 20, say 25, 81 to 96. What is that, 25? She can't be that old. It gives all the answer. Um, <laughs> that's okay. 44. 44. Okay, and Elizabeth, what do you think? Oh, here we go again. Yeah, that's the excitement of it. I know there's a certain amount of stress to this. No, no it's yeah. just, I, you know, I, I, I have some idea in my head, but then you hear other people's, I, you know, it's the usual, it's the usual. But don't listen to me, I voted for game last thing. time. The birthday game syndrome, isn't that a particular illness? Nobody guessed 43, no, but of course anybody, according to the rules, you can guess the same, the same age other people guess too. We'd have no restrictions against. Oh, them. oh, I see. Well, I think I'll stick with forty-three. Forty-three. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael, what do you say? Yeah. Michael, Michael, incidentally, is tied with Jim. Uh oh. With two apiece. Oh boy. So this is kind of stressful on you, Michael. Uh, 
You have a chance to, to move ahead of Jim. <laughs> you can tell by the trembling voice. Um, I can, and you're breathing hard. It's wheezy. Yeah, you're wheezing. You're actually wheezing. Yes, I will have to ah, check that. Uh, out. Let me check. Uh, oh, uh, Cy, is he wheezing or what? See? See, uh, you are wheezing. I just checked. <laughs> okay. Uh, gee, I'm, I'm going to say 43 as well. 43, okay. You all were well above. She's only actually she's uh, she's thirty six. Whoa! Oh. Yeah, she wouldn't like any of you. <laughs> but the, the closest would have been Michelle, who said forty two. Right. Uh, and even you were like six years off, but you were the closest. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Oh, it is a tough. It probably looks a lot older just by the stress of the business. Now, if she chose gas, she'd look as good as you. That's right. Or, or even waltzes and things. That's right. Okay, so we have uh, Michelle, Jim, and Michael all tie. Uh-oh. Okay. Elizabeth, for God's sake. Here we go. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, here's, how about Scott Bio? Who? Uh, he's, he appeared as uh, Chachi. Chachi. That's right, on Happy Days. Yeah. Oh, it's Bayo. See, I'm pronouncing his name wrong. That's why you got confused. It's Scott Bayo, B-A-I-O. Uh, he was in the spinoff, Joni Loves Chachi. I don't remember that one. Do you remember that one, that, that, that TV show? I remember it. I didn't I didn't watch it. Okay. Yeah, I remember it, too, but I guess uh, the fact it wasn't that, something I watched much. I guess maybe that's why it's not on television anymore, because <laughs> nobody watched it. And he's later on a thing called Charles in Charge, which I don't remember either. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Then why don't you why don't you take the first shot, Michelle? Oh. Scott Bayou. How old do you think he is? I would say um, thirty-one. Okay, thirty-one. And the uh, Jim? Thirty-five. Jim says thirty-five. What do you say, Elizabeth? Uh, I'm gonna guess thirty-five too. Thirty-five also. Okay. And uh, Michelle? I mean, not Michelle. Michael. <laughs> Uh, 39. Uh, you, you say 39 yes. uh, years. Uh, you say that's how old, you know, he is, 35. He's actually 30. Um, I mean, you said 39. 35 is correct. Oh, Jack. Ooh. Jack. Oh, yes. Do you have that $10 you owe me? <laughs> I'm thinking it over. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so anyway, we have we have two winners there, Jim and Elizabeth. Oh yay! Which, sure. Yes, so everybody has uh, got at least one, and uh, Jim actually has three. Uh, Mitchell, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Michelle has uh, two, and so does Michael. So it's still very close as we go to Bob Lemon. Remember the pitcher, Bob Lemon, baseball Hall of Famer. Wow, what team? White Sox and. Uh, he was also a manager of the Yankees for a while, but I think we remember him best as a as a pitcher for the White Sox. And I can, I don't have any any years to to mention, you know, to give you a clue like when he was indoctrinated into the indoctrinated is the right word, is it inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame? I don't have any information about that. So you're just gonna you know you're gonna have to wing wow. it. Wow, yeah. Bob Lemon. Oh man, Bob Lemon, son of a gun. We'll, we'll start with you, uh, Michael. What do you think? How old is Bob Lemon today? Wild, wild guess. Uh, gee, 62. 
62. Okay, Elizabeth? Uh, mm, 65. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, and uh, Jim, what do you what do you think? Um, wild guess again, seventy. Seventy. Okay, and uh, Michelle. Well, with the aid of, with the aid of Todd, <laughs> he's telling me to say fifty-eight. Okay, you ought to leave him because he's just been way off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bob okay, Lemon actually. Now. What's that? I said, okay, I'm leaving now. <laughs> okay, do you know where our studios are? <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll just sit around until the ground round opens in the morning. Oh, good and, idea. And we'll, yeah, that's right. Although there's an IHOP down the street that's from here. Right. That might be oh, okay. What about Denny's? <laughs> I don't know that there's a Denny's too close by, but... How about we'll, Stuckey's? Yeah, that would be good. Okay. <laughs> Bob Lemon is actually 76. Oh. 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 So Jim, <clears throat> Jim said 70. So he would be the closest. And now. That's all oh, we forgot. That's the spirit norm. <laughs> that's right. We didn't forget it because you just brought it up. Okay. So that was nice. So you, you're kind of moving ahead of everybody. Yeah. You got four correct answers. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah, he's going to get an envelope full of junk. I love those envelopes. And hey, did you did you get the Grumpy Old Men video? I told you I was going to send you. Oh, gee, let me think. Now. Did you did you break down and go to the video store and buy it or rent it? No, no. I I did see it though because it has Sophia Loren in it and, and anything she's in I see. <laughs> That's the second one. The first one I was going to send you, the one that takes place in winter. Oh, the Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, yeah. The, the one I'm thinking of is was called. Grumpier old man. <laughs> okay, you saw right? you you saw the second one, but not the first, right? That is correct. Okay, you have to see the first. If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you another copy. Oh, I'm sorry that I I'm I must have it. Okay. You know I get so many riches well, you and wonderful them. gifts from people. Yeah, that's right. That I sometimes lose track, which is not really very nice, but I do appreciate all of that. I really I really appreciate it. For, perhaps lot. you send it back out. I might have sent it as a gift. You think that was a prize? No, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, no, I don't send anything as nice as that. The the first one is 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 is, is a masterpiece. You you have oh, it really is because the second one bothered me because he ends up marrying Sophia Loren and he is such a grouchy nothing, and I love her dearly. The fact that she would marry him, I, I it was just to me totally unbelievable. Unfeasible. Yeah, the first one is Anne Margaret. She's the love interest, and um, she ends up marrying uh, Jack Lemon. Okay, I can see Jack oh, Lemon was a oh. yeah, much mellow, much more mellow kind of character. The, but, and the, first, the, the different directors and different screenwriters. The first one was written and directed by the same same uh, gentleman, and like many spinoffs or you know, uh, what do they call the second you know movies? Yeah. Um, uh, sequel, sequel. Mm -hmm. like many sequels, you know, a lot of times they don't have the same. Uh, spirit. Okay, I'll have to see the first one then. Because <clears throat> I normally like Matthau and Lemon and those people. They're great. And those people. I don't know what and those people means. Uh, George Burns and uh, Walter Matthau, the Sunshine Boys. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's I, a great I, I one. That. I love that, too. especially for uh, George Burns. Yeah, I thought he, his character was just a nice, gentle, lovely man. And Walter Matthau was kind of a pain in the neck, but then and that then again that was his character. And of course George George Burns' favorite uh, best friend is Jack Benny, right? Or was Jack Benny? Yeah, I can fix your radio. 
I uh, bought a radio just just to get you in uh, up north. That GE Super Three. Oh, does does it pick us up fairly decently? It picks you up fantastic. No kidding. Ooh. Yeah, especially if you don't plug it in, if you use the batteries, like if you, you know. Oh, really? Oh, and it's called a GE Three. GE Three Super oh. Three. I'm gonna have to pick one of those up myself because I want to pick you up on my radio. Four of you, and I would like you all to line up against the wall, <laughs> facing the wall, and put yes, your hands up your above your head. Can I have a cigarette? <laughs> Absolutely not. Not until I get in touch with your lawyer. <laughs> okay, here's a here's a date. See if you know this one. This is it's not the, the birthday of anybody, but it, it, it's an event that did open on September 22nd, uh, and the opening was Fiddler on the Roof. The musical with Zero Mostel. Oh, that's a great show. Starting at, uh, she, he started as Tevia. Uh, it opened on Broadway and it ran for 3,242 wow. performances. Wow. And the question is, what year would that have been? Uh, September 22nd, but what year? 71. Is that you, uh, Michelle? That's Michelle, yes. Say that again? I'm going to say 71. 1971. Okay. And what do you think, Jim? I think that was the year the movie was released. I think the the Broadway show. Oh. Uh-oh. 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 Be my big second thoughts. I think the Broadway show opened yeah. earlier. I good. I would say this is under pressure, Norm, as you know. No, I know. That's the, that's all I did. So see how many of you, who, who can come through under this pressure? Both both feet have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Six, uh, let's see, 60... Six. <laughs> 1966. Okay, and uh, Elizabeth, what what year do you think that opened? Is it on bro on Broadway. Broadway. Huh? Yeah, not just a movie, but a hot weather that it opened on Broadway. A great white way. Well, believe it or not, I uh, many years ago, uh, baby was the reliable babysitter for uh, a lovely Jewish family, and I remember the parents going out to see Fiddler on the Roof and coming back and talking about how wonderful it was when I lived in the Cleveland area. And um, Well, there you have a big clue then. Remember that <laughs> year when they went out. Let's hear it for Pepper Pike, Shaker Heights, and Sugar and Falls. And, uh, uh, I would say uh, 60... Sixty-nine. Nineteen sixty-nine. Okay. And uh, Michael, what do you think? What year do you suppose that was? Uh, sixty-seven. Nineteen sixty-seven. Okay. This is the, of course, this again is the magic moment when we break oh. open the answer. Oh, my heart is beating. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine a lot of sweaty palms right about now. Ooh. Fedler on the Roof opened September 22, 1964. Oh, Whoa. oh, really? Uh -huh. oh, so that's, wow. that's Jim again. Uh, he said 66. Bingo. You know, oh. I, the reason I didn't say like 63 or 64 was uh, I, can, I remember the sound of music. Of course, that film came out in 65. And of course, oh. it probably was a play that came out earlier, earlier than that. I don't know what I'm talking about, but anyway. <laughs> you, take it, Norm. you tuned into the right program yeah. with that kind of an attitude. Mm -hmm. Thank <laughs> you just so much. Okay, so, so Jim has uh, really walked away with us. Boy, he's he got, really has. Oh, he's got the one, two, three, four, five. Wait, I'm walking away? Let me wake up my feet. <laughs> uh, don't do bad jokes, Jim. Just okay. revel 
revel in your victory and the junky stuff that you're going to get soon. Oh, okay. oh and Norm, the, the, the compound at Edison and uh, Henry Ford, the, Fort Myers, Florida, and Edison built it for his partner, uh, Dixon, who he got in a fight with and didn't speak with for, uh, for the rest of his life and didn't go down to Florida for 15 years after he got in a fight with his partner. Oh, really? Yeah, and then Henry Ford came in and said, hey, that's a beautiful house. I mean, I'd love to have it. And, and Edison said, you got it. Oh, really? Because I thought, didn't they have two separate houses next to each other down there? Identical houses built oh. side by side in the same lot, but it, but originally Edison built it for his uh, partner, this guy named Dixon. I saw that on the A&E uh, biography on Edison. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. These are the things that the tour guides don't tell you. That's right. Shame on them. So, Daddy, anyway. you hang in there, Jim, for a little bit, and I'll turn you over to Tom Howie, take your name and address, and uh, one of these days I'll send out a, an envelope full of junk to you. Thank and, you, Norm. It's been a pleasure. You're a good man, and I hope I didn't overstep your generosity. <laughs> oh, stop. Okay. No, that was a nice speech. No, you didn't. You're a pleasure to have on. It was good to talk to you. And my best to Big John, your your is it is it a, is it your twin brother? Who? <laughs> did I did I give the wrong name? No, no, you got the right name. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'll you, say I'll say hello to him. Is he is he your twin brother? Yeah, yeah, he re he really is. And so if you they're always talking about the rapport that twins have with each other. You suppose right now he's he's, he's he jumped out of bed and his. Uh, he just feels the glory and the excitement that you're feeling at this dramatic, wonderful moment. Pure, pure jealousy. <laughs> oh, that's what he feels. He's been a pain in the side for 33 years. Okay. <laughs> hey, that, anyway, hang in there and talk to Tom, and we'll we'll uh, get you to get the information. Thanks a lot for calling. I appreciate being, you being part of all of this. Okay, and 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 uh, let's see, Michael. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for being. It was a lot of fun. I little. I loved listening to it, and, and it was fun playing it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, did somebody else hang up? Is that you, Mich Michelle? Yes. You still there? Elizabeth's still there? I'm still I'm here. We're still here. Yeah, I, I wonder who hang Maybe there's somebody who's not even in the game who's making all those noises. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it might have been somebody from some other Boston radio station just trying to do damage to us. Hold on a minute while I call up WRKO. Always <laughs> That's probably like them, right? Yeah, it's probably somebody. It's probably Jerry Williams. You know how those folks are. There. Or Pat Whitley. Or, no, he's on another station. Yeah, any anything for a few extra ratings points. You know? <laughs> I know. That's right. Uh, Michelle. Yes. Thank you very much. My best to Todd, America's favorite drummer. Yes, he is. Okay, and he was very nice. He just stood aside and tried to help you. And he uh, he was okay, even if he failed miserably. And, yeah, well, he, and did, ready, he did okay. I think he did okay. I think I think you both have done okay. And I'm, okay. I, I wish you a very long and happy life, but I hope to talk to you before it's over. Okay. Hey, thanks. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Michelle. That's, that's my friend, Michelle. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's Michelle, who's from, where did I say? Oh, gee, that's right. She's from up Salem Way. And Elizabeth, I hate to let you go because you are so gosh darn adorable. Oh, is that is that Fla the, flattery will get you everywhere? There's something else. Okay. Hey, thank you very much for being part of all this. I appreciate that. I wish you the very best. Oh, thank you. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say I actually did 
speak with Eddie very briefly before I got a call from BZ to, to do the birthday game. I was sort of hoping maybe I could bring Eddie in. Um, and he wanted me to tell you definitely. I mentioned to him your very kind words, and he wanted me to tell you, you know, thank you so much, and that uh, he has thought of you, you know, many times. Yeah, I had promised I was going to write a note to him uh, when he left, and I never did get to that. He's very nice not to have brought that up. I appreciate <coughs> that a lot. Oh, I, I, I'm sure that that's not even... You know, I, I, I think I think it was very special for him working for you, too. Well, I enjoyed that. Anyway, he's, 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 he's doing okay. And I hope things work out well. I, I hope I hope so, too. And, and hopefully I'll, I'll also uh, try to be in touch a little bit more. Okay, bit that would be that. nice, too. And, uh, and with the Boston, the Boston Symphony, with the Boston Symphony um, I did a thing with them, and I was kind of hoping they'd call me back and do another thing. It was from multiple sclerosis. Uh, what, what is the thing that uh, Jerry Lewis has? Uh, that's no, that's muscular dystrophy. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was multiple sclerosis. They had a they had a fundraiser at Symphony Hall a few years back. The last year that Arthur Fiedler conducted the Boston Pops. And, oh. And uh -huh. and and, uh, and uh, they and I I worked with us the the uh, with the Pops that night doing a child's guide. To instruments of the orchestra. Oh, I bet that was really cute. Yeah, I I loved I loved that, and uh, and I did that with the with the with the orchestra, and uh, I remember I remember buying the album of that because I got the sheet music, and I can read music except when it comes to like the Chinese block and stuff like that. It's the way it's notated. I oh, I wouldn't oh. have known that it was a little difficult, and and it's a narration explaining the different instruments of the orchestra. It's not like uh, you know doing a thing with a melody and behind you. Uh, anyway, it was and I remember going to to Arthur Fiedler's house. I'm I'm telling you a whole bunch of stuff oh, that you don't care about. No, that that's okay. You know, you'd be surprised what people tell me when I call when I start calling people about the symphony. The personal little things they they tell me and and so on and so. Well, forth. I think the symphony. Yeah, the symphony. I think brings back a lot of very pleasant memories to a lot of people. Uh, the symphony, the pops itself, all of that kind of stuff. And Symphony Hall is such a venerable institution. But I went to I went to his house and we went we went over the score of this child's guide to instruments of the orchestra. I sat on the piano bench next to him and he was you know we were going through it. And uh, and that night we did it at Symphony Hall and I, I it was one of the greatest thrills of my life. This orchestra, which is composed of what like eighty something musicians. And they are absolutely incredible. They play notes before you can even see them. I mean, they, you know, that, I mean, they're so talented and so wonderful. I just have never forgotten that. Well, it's, it sounds also like it must have been, you know, from what you're even describing, like a very sweet and very dear and very precious kind of an experience, especially, you know, working with <clears throat> children. You know, there is uh, quite a bit of concern that... Um, the population that is attending symphony is getting older and older, and we're seeing, in some cases, fewer and fewer younger people, and that is something of concern. Of course, there's, uh, with Keith Lockhart now as part of the whole organization, we're hoping to lure, you know, many more young people in, and then uh, there are programs, of course, that the symphony actively participates in to get young people in to do training and so on and so forth, and um, 
of course, there's always uh, the New England Conservatory. A lot of young people, you know, go and, and do study there. There's a lot of music students, you know, and... Um, yeah, no, this is a, is a tremendous area for anything musical. I'm thinking of Berkeley College of Music going the other way to yeah. the jazz side. That's right. And all of that. No, there's a lot of, a lot of activity going on. Uh, and anyway, I wish you the very best, Elizabeth. Oh, and I thank, thank you. you very much for being on with us. Thank you so much, Norm. You made it very special. Oh, cheekers. Oh, stop. <laughs> take care. Okay, you take care, and I'll be in touch again soon. I hope so. I okay. like that. Yeah, all bye, right. my dear. Bye-bye. On the WBC. Uh, we'll take a break for the news in about a minute or so, a couple of minutes. And then after that, come closer. I don't want everybody to hear this. You know, every time we announce what we're going to do, people from other radio stations listen and they try to beat us to it because they can't come up with these tremendously creative thoughts. So they wait till we talk about it and then they try to jump on the bandwagon. So I have to tell you softly, otherwise they'll do it. <clears throat> we're going to do the news in about a minute and a half. And then after that, we're going to come back for just about another half hour or so. And uh, meantime, we'll place. We'll, we'll, we'll take some phone calls, and I, I'd like very much to call to, to talk with you. Right now, the lines are wide open, so it would be a good time to call. Okay, here's the number. And don't pass this along to anybody. I'm tired of seeing this number up in the men's room walls. I just so to keep it to yourself. Six one seven two five four ten thirty. Don't tell anybody now, okay? Six one. This is this is acting what I'm doing. <laughs> acting like an idiot is what I'm doing. Okay, six one seven. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? My last day here, they're going they're going to send a whole fleet of people in. Uh, maybe a couple of strong arm guys. They're going to pull me out. That'll be the end of my career. Anyway, six one seven two five four ten thirty. The discrepancy in that commercial when they play the Beatles. When they came to Boston, that song wasn't even out yet. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I'm uh, going to go into the promotion department and the, the people who put that together, and I'm going to beat them. They were here in 64. That song was out when I was in the service, between 65 and 66. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Well, actually, actually, the promotional people who put these things out... The oldest one is only 11 years old, so he wouldn't remember anything. <laughs> no, that's kind of funny. You're probably the only person who noticed that. Or maybe you're not. Maybe a lot of people did. Joni Jett. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm getting another message in my ears. I get lots of messages in my ears. Uh, and that was that uh, maybe they, would, did, they, they might have implied that that had come out at that time. But they didn't really say that, that it was just, you know, another Beatles song that could have come out any time yet. <laughs> I'm just trying to get them off the hook because they're not bad people, and they they pay me under the table. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go right ahead, Doc. Joni Jett, I, I saw her recently. I haven't heard, you know, her, so, but she was on, a, um, she was dueling with swords. Uh, she was on a program, the, uh, oh... The Highlander. Yes, I'm, I'm saying yes. I don't even know what the Highlanders are, and I'm not that familiar. I'm, I remember Joni Chet because she sounds like her name, I mean, you know, black hair and all that. Yeah. Well, for a while, the Highlander. That's a um, a program about it was kind of wacky, but to guy he 
he's 400 years old and you can't kill him unless you chop off his head. <laughs> well, I know it's wacky. But the only thing good about it is the guy, the, the um, Adrian Paul, he played the character Duncan McLeod. They have good choreographed martial arts and dueling scenes. That's the only good thing about the program. Uh. And uh, they've had guest stars playing villains and um, people like, and they would have been Sheena Easton, uh, Jody Jett. There's been a lot of musicians on there lately. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so the show is still going? Yeah. It, uh, I, I thought they started making it, but I saw something in the paper. I guess they come out every so often, but um, they're supposed to be... My nephew was explaining to me, because he got into it, they're supposed to be a group of immortal people, and there's only they're only known to each other, but some of them are good and some of them are villains, and the villains, are, it's like a clan fight, and they pop up as other people, and, uh, you know, they're walking down the street, and all of a sudden they pull out these swords out of it, and they start dueling in the street. And they have reference to back in the 16th century. Then they pop back in the 16th century, and they're in period pieces. It almost reminds you of Dark Shadows. <laughs> That's kind of wild, yeah. When is when is this on? It's oh, it's seven o'clock. Uh, they have on various stations, uh, midnight um, in the afternoon. The the guy that plays is pretty good, uh, um, Adrian Paul. It's just that uh, you have to get through the storyline. The storylines are kind of goofy. <laughs> okay. But he's uh, but I I said to my mom and, and I said I haven't seen a good dueling scene since the guy Williams played Zero. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's great. Hey, good to talk with you, Don. Okay, Thanks a lot. Have a good evening. You too. Bye okay, bye now. Bye. Okay, let's go to Robin in uh, Lynn. Hello, Robin. Hi, Norm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm really sorry. I must apologize. I'm calling from a very cheap phone. No, you sound okay though. No, it doesn't sound bad. Oh, good because my good phone is upstairs where everybody's <laughs> sleeping. But anyhow, uh, I'll make it brief because I'm afraid that the you're going to wake everybody up. Right. Okay. But anyhow, um, that lady Elizabeth was uh, very delightful to listen to. And yeah, she's, that, a, she's a nice lady, yes. Yes. Um, she brought up the symphony, and she was commenting that uh, perhaps young people aren't listening. But I just wanted to call up and say that uh, my son, who just turned eight years old yesterday, uh, he and I are going to be attending one of the symphony concerts next March. And um, mm. my my son in particular really took a liking to classical music. We listened to it a lot in the car. Oh, that's nice. That's very very nice. You know, the more the more kind of music that you listen to, the more kind of everything. It just is the more enrichment that you have in your own life. I don't. I sound. I'm, I'm starting to sound pompous when I say that, but I think that's true. You know, whatever kind of music, uh, rock, classical, jazz, blues, whatever. It just it just gives you more areas of, of of enjoyment, and so that's nice that he likes that too. That will add to all the other kinds of things he likes. Oh yeah, that's for sure. He's just the sort of kid who he'll play his Nintendo. We got him for his birthday yesterday, hmm. and he enjoys basically eight-year-old kid things. But even my four-year-old likes classical music too, and um, you know, they can listen to anything from Buddy Holly to Beethoven. I think that's excellent. I think that indicates uh, you know somebody who's curious and interested in a whole lot of stuff. What kind of uh, what kind of music do you like especially? Well, I you know I just really discovered classical music myself. 
um, last year, and I've really taken a great liking to it. I I went to Tanglewood and saw a couple of concerts there. And, oh, yeah. And uh, But I, I like a lot of things. Uh, I like Buddy Holly music, and I like some big band, uh, Benny Goodman. Oh, that's interesting. You are you have a a, a a wide look at things. You know who else does? Yeah, I was mentioning that Tony Tony Nesbitt, who does books a lot of the people on this program, and he here's a guy whose his his uh, license plate has the initials Heavy Metal, H uh, V Y M T L, I guess of the of the six letters. And he's a guy who went to this Frank Sinatra concert. Oh no! And loves and loves and loves a lot of other things too. But he loves heavy metal and rock also. I, I you know, in other words, I don't. I, I think you'll agree. You 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 don't have to just say, well, you know, I'm young and therefore I like heavy metal or I like rock and nothing else. Or you don't have to be old and say, well, I like classical music and the rest is junk. The idea is to like as much as you can. There's an awful lot of good stuff. Well, actually, I I grew up more with things like the Who and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Oh yeah. And uh, that's what I I never thought I'd listen to anything else. But I I guess uh, people get a little bit older and and they're open minded and uh, it just it's the more the merrier really. Well, I think sometimes what happens is when you when you're young, you want to be part of the crowd. And so you go after the music that the crowd seems to be interested in, and you don't. Even if you like something else, you don't want to admit it because you want to be you want to be accepted by them. And I think as a result, you begin eliminating a whole lot of things that you might very well love. And later on, when you get older, you don't mind not you you don't look for that uh, acceptance so much. You just do what pleases you. I, I really agree. Um, I was the youngest of, of the family, and. My older brothers uh, had the Beatles, of course, and I used to climb up on a chair to get to the phonograph to put on the Beatles <laughs> and be just like them. And uh, I, I can still listen to the Beatles quite a bit. No, I like the Beatles too. I think they did a they were they were they were great. I remember being interviewed by a newspaper reporter, namely my wife, <laughs> when the Beatles first came to the United States and they were to appear on the Ed Sullivan Show. And I was doing a jazz show then, and jazz people are very, can be very snobby. You know, like, my music is the best and everything else really sucks, and the heck with that, all that kind of stuff. So I remember I remember listening to the Beatles, and and uh, when my wife, was, who was a newspaper reporter, was asking, you know, opinions of various people, what they thought of this new sensational group that was in town, I said, I thought they were pretty good. I, they were one of the best groups I'd heard in a very long time. I thought they and this was the early stuff. I want to hold your hand and stuff because they did much better than that later on. They became much more sophisticated, and uh, I, a lot of my friends were ready to disown me. My 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 uh, my jazz people. They're not you know if you like jazz, you're not going to like the Beatles, and you're selling out, fella. You know all that kind of stuff. I I find that silly. I I I think you ought to listen without labeling things, and then then they become kind of interesting. I know just how you feel because a lot of people my own age, I'm in my mid-30s, and if they hear me playing classical music, they kind of look at me funny. Huh. But uh, it's sad. What Elizabeth said is true. When I went out to Tanglewood, I noticed it was really uh, and nothing against older folks. God love them, uh, obviously, but it was really a, quite a geriatric crowd. <laughs> so that, that's too bad. I, I like to see... You know, everybody of all different ages. I mean, the music is certainly timeless. 
No, I, th I think so. Again, I think that one of the reasons we pick music or anything is just to be one of the crowd. Uh, and, and, and somebody like you is very special because you're not trying to be one of the crowd. You're just, you're just uh, enjoying things that you think are really worth enjoying. And I, you know, that, I think you get the best of everything. You're okay, Robin. Well, you know something? I think the most exciting thing of all is the fact that my eight-year-old as well as my four-year-old daughter, she goes around humming things like Ode to Joy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's really very exciting to me. I think it is, too. I've, you obviously are a good mother, and you've got some good kids, and I thank you very much, Robin. Thank you, Norm. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye, dear. Okay, how about the... Oh, my friend Shirley out in Michigan. Hello, Shirley in Michigan. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's Hi, a, Norm. That's okay. If you want to clear your throat, a belch or anything, mm -hmm. this is the program to do it on. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. No, if, they're, if they're interviewing you for CNN Radio News, uh, then you better just straighten out a little bit. But here we don't care. Well, if you wish I I'd shut up. But I'm, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, please. Last Sunday, I called because you had just come home, and I was so happy to hear your voice. <clears throat> I had to call and tell you. And tonight, I really enjoyed the birthday game. Oh, thank you. But I wanted to tell you that uh, Debbie Boone's husband, Gabriel Ferrer, yes. is the son of Rosemary Clooney and Jose Ferrer. Oh, he is, he is the son of uh, Jose Ferrer. That's what I was wondering about. Yes. And she said she sang at their wedding. They wanted her to, so she did. And the other thing I wanted to tell you is you mentioned that when you heard Jack Benny had passed away, that you cried. Yes. Well, I remember some time ago, Johnny Carson's third wife, after they were divorced, uh, somebody interviewed her. And she said, well, I don't think Johnny will mind if I tell this. The only time I ever saw him cry was when he heard news that Jack Benny had died. He broke into sobs. Mm -hmm. She said Jack Benny yeah. was his hero. So yeah, I that, just thought that, I no, would let you know that in case you didn't know. No, no, I, I kind of had an idea because Johnny Carson, uh, his approach to comedy and his timing was very similar to Jack Benny's. Mm -hmm. It may not seem that way, but if you watch Jack Benny doing his monologues or, or his, his stuff, and you watch Johnny Carson, there's a great similarity uh, between the two. Mm -hmm. And I remember I'm pulling over in my car. I get out, I mentioned three o'clock in the morning because uh, it just affected me so much. I, and I wondered, why is it, why is it affecting me? I, I, I never met this man. Uh, Johnny Carson, I assume, did because I think he was, I think he, he did some summer replacement on, on radio. Uh, way, 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 way back, when for for, for uh, I think there was a, the, the, the two of them had had known each other I think fairly well, but anyway I didn't even know I didn't know him at all and uh, I, he just seemed like an interesting kind of man. That uh -huh. book, by the way, if you like anybody who likes uh, Jack Benny or looks back upon him with any kind of fondness, how old Sunday, was Jack Benny when he passed away? He was eighty. 80? 80. 80. He was 80 years old. Um, and, and the book is interesting, Sunday Night at 7, which is, of course, when he was on the air on radio. Uh -huh. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an it's, it's a fascinating book because it's got his opinions on, on a lot of things, and it's got his daughter Joan, who was, uh, tries to be very objective about her father and all his so his relationship with his mother, Mary Livingston, which was kind of interesting because Mary Livingston didn't strike me as being a terribly nice person. I felt after I read the book, oh. and yet Jack Benny was one of these guys that didn't like to didn't like to create any kind of. Uh, bad situations, and so he backed away from any arguments and was a very gentle kind of man. Anyway, I, I won't, I won't give a whole book review, but it's, I found the book really quite fascinating about a guy who I had a great deal of respect for. Yes. Well, I'll let somebody else come on here now, Norm. I'm so sorry. It seems like every time I call you, I get a, a hoarseness in my throat. No, you sound just fine. Don't worry about that, it's Shirley. It's from my lungs, my, uh, the doctor told me. But it, it's nothing. I have emphysema for years, so it, it just comes and goes. But he said not to worry. Oh, that's good. That's well, good. good night, Norm. Thanks a lot for the information, Shirley. So happy to hear your voice always, Norm. I appreciate that. Always. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Bye-bye Shirley. Sorry, because I'm not supposed to be doing this and. Well, I'm working. Well, I'll talk softly so nobody will hear. Oh, great. Okay. I just want to call. I, I've been listening to you years, but uh, I just wanted to tell you, I, I never heard anybody as lovely in my life as that Elizabeth that was on. Didn't she sound nice? She's got a great voice, and she's a very nice person. I had met her at one time, so I know her, and uh, I, I like her a lot, too. She's okay. Yeah, I just I, I hope everything goes well for her and everything. I, I, just, uh, I thought she was just lovely sounding, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. I, I hope she's listening now. I kind of have a feeling she probably is. So she's getting a kick out of hearing from you saying that. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Rod. I, okay, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, thanks a million. All right. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay, let's go. Oh, my friend Beatrice in West Roxbury. Hi, Beatrice. You're on WBZ. Good evening. Uh, Norm, I'm so glad you're back. I missed you while you were gone. Well, thanks very much. Thank you. And I'm so glad you had such a lovely time. Yes, I did. I've been there, too, to Bermuda, and I think it was beautiful. Yes, it's a very unusual island. It's just like nothing I've had, nothing I'd ever seen before. But then again, I haven't traveled all over the world. But I've, <laughs> you know, I've done enough to compare. I liked it. It was nice. I was still glad to get home, just the same, Beatrice. Yes. <laughs> I really was. May I say two very fast things? Yep. Um, I, I want to speak about... Um, Arthur Pedler. Okay. Yes. I was privileged to be at his first concert down at Hatch Shell. The, the ver- first concert the, he, he the, gave. The very first? Uh, the very first concert. Now, what, what year would that have been? Do you know I roughly? I couldn't tell you what year. Okay. But he had black hair, and he was handsome. <laughs> okay. That, that was a long time ago then. Yes, it was. And the other thing is that I was at Symphony Hall one night uh, attending a concert, and he didn't show up, and the orchestra was sitting there nervously waiting for him. And pretty soon he came in, and he was terribly shaken up because he had just attended that awful fire down at the Hotel Bondome. You know, he, he always went to fires. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was a sparky. Yes. Yes, no, I remember that, sure, because I used to cover fires at one of the radio jobs I had, and every now and then you'd see Arthur Fiedler showing up, and he could have had a great reputation for that. I I, I think he had a fireman's hat. 
Yes, he did. Didn't he? In the whole business, I, I remember the. he was kind of an honorary firefighter. Yes, and there were 13 of the firefighters that were killed that night, and he was dreadfully shaken. Mm. Well, I'll never forget that concept. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I'd forgotten. I didn't realize he was involved in that or had... Yes, you know, he was there. Yeah. And he saw every terrible detail, and he was dreadfully shaken. Well, I'll let you go. Okay, thank you very much, Beatrice. Good to talk with you. Thank you. It's nice to talk to you, too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, dear. Okay, we'll go to Jim, who's in or anything, but when when the weather gets hot and so terribly sticky... It just takes it takes every kind of ambition out of you. So yeah. it was it was kind of rough because I would have liked to walk around more than I did, and I I really did. I was talking to Charlie. We were gonna we were gonna go over and see you, uh, but I know and they announced an our ship. You know, no visitors were allowed anymore on board. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so I right. Said, oh, it must be the same on this ship. You know, for security reasons. No, that's right. Yeah. So oh. Charlie says, well, we can't go over there. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk oh. to you then uh, uh, more about that. that uh, but I, I uh, anyway, it's kind of interesting. I wish you were on our ship. We could have talked. Yeah. Uh, we left the day early, too, did you? Yes, we did, to yeah. beat the hurricane. What did you do, get back to Boston uh, right away? or? No, not right away. No, we, we, didn't, uh, we didn't dock in Boston uh, until the usual time. Yeah. We just stayed at sea a little bit longer. That's yeah, so what we did. We got the New York, uh, Long Island Sound here. We just cruised around in circles all day Saturday. Yeah, we did too. I think the ship took off and went up to the Gulf of Maine and then came back down again on the Sunday morning because we were due to dock sun last Sunday at 7 a.m. Yeah, we did anyway. We yeah, did. We, yeah, we couldn't get into New York either. I guess the docks were full and... And I knew was a lot of people on board, you know, from all over the country, yeah. and they didn't have their flights going home until Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no, once they tell you when you're going to dock, whether uh, whether you're leaving early from a place or not doesn't really matter. You dock at that time, yeah. even if you have to just stay at sea a little bit longer. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah, we did, too. And I'm glad to talk. What was your overall impression? I, I liked it. Uh I didn't get the chance to go on the tours because I, I couldn't get any tours on a Wednesday. They were, when we went to Hamilton, they were all booked. I had one booked for Thursday afternoon, and I had another one booked for Friday morning. Oh, so, so you know, but we had to cancel them. So I never got to really see Bermuda. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad because, it, you know, it's only about 20 miles long. It's It's fairly... And if you, and you know, the one one of the one of the uh, tours was about a four or four and a half hour thing, yeah. where you went across the whole thing from uh, St. George to Hamilton up to the uh, the uh, British dockyard up there at the the westernmost tip. We had uh, twelve hundred people on board our ship. Wow! And there was a tank ship in front of us, the Dreamwood, as they name it, Norwegian cruise line. And oh God, I was bigger than ours. So, guys, between the two ships that were there, well, well, everything was pretty well booked up. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's I, so. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't get nothing at all Wednesday. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to see more then, because yeah, I didn't see that much. Well, maybe maybe you get back again during a. Somebody said place. somebody somebody said late in uh, like October was a good time to go because the weather gets cooler then. It's not really quite so yeah. so. Uh, stifling as I, it was. 
I wasn't going to walk back to the ship. I made up my mind, I'm going to take a cab. I ain't walking all the way around them hills again. Okay, I don't blame <laughs> you. I don't blame you at all. A four-minute ride, it cost me $4. But it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that isn't too bad. No. Considering no. that the prices on, on Bermuda are really ex- tremendously oh, yeah. expensive. And for people who live there, you know, grew up there and want to buy a house, it's almost impossible. Eh? Yeah. They, the costs... Of a house are like they start about three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, even for a small little place. So it's uh, it's kind of tough. Perot had us has a place. We they pointed out his house. Yeah, they did us too. Oh yeah, I yeah. think his son's got one over there too. Yes, that's right. He yeah. has. He has. You know, you can't even. You know, you can't live over there unless you've got a job. You can't go over there and live unless you've got a job. Oh, they mean you mean they the the immigration rules and all that no, say I that mean, the, you have to have a job by the way because uh, there's no unemployment over there. That's what we were doing yeah, on the yeah. ship. You know, yeah, I heard. Oh, guy, I said, wow. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. have a job, they won't let you move over there. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, I as I understand it, that's uh, that uh, that's what other people have said that uh, mm-hmm. the employment rate is very very high, except. I just don't know how much people make, and whatever they make, with the with the prices as high as they are, fruits and vegetables, which they don't grow in any great numbers there, no. have to be imported. Gasoline costs five dollars a, a gallon. Five dollars a gallon. It's the uh, imperial gallon. It's an extra quart, but even then, five bucks is quite a little bit. So you really have to you have to scrape. Most people have to scrape just to get by. It, it's not as and you know it's, it's not as uh, as a greatest story as you think. I know one thing. You can't be a chain smoker over there. No, why is that? $41.45 per cotton of cigarettes. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you smoke? Ah, I had to quit. I had a lung taken out. No, no, because I, I, I'm glad you quit. I, I quit, too, a long time ago, so that wouldn't bother me. But uh, the no, guy... I'm curious, the, you know. Yeah. i got to get going now because we got to get off the air. But, Jim, I'm glad to talk with you. Okay, Thanks a million. Well, yep. Take I'm, care. Bye-bye now. And on behalf of uh, Tom Howie and uh, Tony Nesbitt, the lovely Marilyn Gorelick, and me, the almost, almost good-looking Norm Nathan person, we'll see you tonight after the Bruins game, somewhere around 11 o'clock. Bye-bye, old sport. Those were some great calls to close out the night. So many people missed him and were happy to have him back from his cruise to Bermuda. Little did we know that Norm would be gone just over a month later and that it would take 24 years to have him back, bringing laughter and joy to the soul again. See you all next week. Closing the vault and leaving this world a little sillier than we found it. For lawyer jokes, talking like an ass. The Boston Symphony, the Boston Pops, Arthur Fiedler. Newspaper recycling, Dr. Frankfurt. National days of everything under the sun. Cuckoo pots, drummers, ultra slim fast, Rolades, Jack Benny and Mel Blanc, Jim in Michigan, Cy, C, and Sue. The Tijuana Strings. The Ground Round, IHOP, Denny's, Stuckies, Grumpy and Grumpier Old Men, Sophia Loren, Joan Jett, The Amazing GE Super Radio 3, Heavy Metal, Johnny Carson's Third Wife, Sword Dueling in the Streets, A Child's Guide to Instruments of the Orchestra, Sparkies Everywhere, Italo Macchioni, Eddie LeClaire, The Lovely Elizabeth from Alston, Tom Howie, The Vacationing Jack Hart, and that Bermuda beauty, the old sport himself, Norm Nathan, I'm Tony Nesbitt.